So we'll go to our favorite um, scripture so far. Um, John 3. And today we'll try to we'll try to read to the end, but we're still gonna come back up. Yeah, because you know, with the you know the Hebrews how they read, they read from right to left. They read this way. And sometimes in order to get revelation, you have to start from the bottom up, you know, to get the full meat of revelation. You go, you, you it's like you're dissecting it and coming from different part. So we're just going to finish up that scripture that will begin to work our way. We will begin to walk our way up again. Amen. I don't know if it makes sense, but let's start from verse one. Then when we get to, because I wanted to sink in and um, this year after that return fast and everything, I want us to really, really delve in deeper. It's not so much having a lot of topics, it's getting revelation out of it. So we're going to sit on this one for a, a big while because, you know, this is what, this is, it's, it's a mouthful of what Jesus Christ um, was talking to Nicodemus about that we need to operate in. Okay, so um, John 3, yes. 1. Yes. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Mm. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Mm. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Mm. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's coming comes from or where it is going mm. so it is with every one born of the spirit how can this be nicodemus asked you are is you are israel's teacher said jesus and do you not understand these things i tell you the truth we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen but still you people do not accept our testimony mm. i have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Wow. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. You read that one, then you pause. Yeah. Okay. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the man, son of man must be lifted up. Okay. Thank you so much. So just as we're just going to continue from there. Like I said, we're, we're going to go back up. Because today we're really going to dwell on being born of the water and the spirit. But we need to understand fully what Jesus Christ was saying here. Um, in order to know what his total redemption package is all about. So in this place, he's telling this rabbi who has studied so much of the Old Testament and knows this whole story. Okay, the story in the Old Testament was... The, the Israelites were very disobedient to the Lord, so they got punished. 
a bunch of snakes came and was, you know, biting them. And basically they broke their hedge. Like we know, we, we, we've read several times in Ecclesiastes, you break the hedge and the serpent will strike. So they had broken their hedge and now the serpent was striking them. In that, in that scripture, which we will also dwell so much on that later on in, in, in further studies, they basically were being uh, beaten by snakes and yet they refused to, to listen to the Lord because the Lord had instructed Moses to, to carve out a snake and put the snake on a stick. You know how you see the, it's amazing how you see the medicine um, sign symbol where there's a stick, you know, uh, like cross and then there's a snake on it. So this was a whole thing that Moses crafted due to the instructions the Lord gave him. And he told the Israelites that if they looked upon that cross, if they looked at that snake, then they would leave. Even though they were beaten, they would leave. And the mighty um, revelation that even in that day, the Lord was revealing to, to, to earth was that, that when his son comes upon the earth, he's going to be lifted upon the cross. And when he's on that cross, everything that he does, in his death on that cross is what will redeem us. It, it's, it's, it's our salvation, it's our redemption. So here is Jesus talking about being born of the spirit and water. And then he refers back to a scripture in the Old Testament about looking upon that snake and being delivered and being healed, you know, and even at this time, he was comparing that time and this time where Moses clearly told them, if you will just look, they just needed to look. That was all. <laughs> that was all, but they wouldn't. It was the same picture that was happening right now. Jesus Christ will be lifted up and a mighty uh, miraculous sign will be upon the earth as he delivers us from sin and calls us into a new life in the spirit. And yet, and yet so many of us won't accept that great free gift. We'll be so reluctant, so disobedient. You know, we won't even want to look up to that cross. We won't opt, want to look up to him. And by looking, is searching, is is going after him, is being born again, is being is giving our lives over to him, is seeking to know him better, know him deeper, understand him deeper, learn about his kingdom and what the offerings of his kingdom are for us here and now. But so many will still reject that, even though it's so beautiful, even even though it's such you know it's such a gift. There's no losing out. But still, we would rather, some people would rather perish than give their lives to Jesus than choose this, this rebirth. Amen. So um, the next verse, please. Okay, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Exactly. That's, so when he's lifted up, when he is sacrificed, when he pays the price and becomes the exchange he takes upon himself all our sin and is being destroyed on that cross. Then we 
choose to live a new life in him eternally eternally there's no more condemnation anymore for us amen next verse please for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life wow i mean that's like the best verse right <laughs> that's the best verse in the whole bible that's the driving force of the son of god is love mm -hmm. amen next verse please for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of god's one and only son wow so the beauty of that verse is that just like the Israelites were to only look at that snake, all we need to do is turn our gaze to him. It doesn't matter where we have been, what we've done. There is no condemnation. You know, the enemy tries to kill us with condemnation, tell, remind us of all the wrong things we've done, but that is the reason he came. You know, that is the reason he came. So why should we feel condemned? Whether we sinned yesterday or we just sinned right now or we're sinning in our thoughts or in our minds. And so we're choosing daily to allow him wash us with his water and his spirit to overtake us so that we can live like the wind moved by the spirit of God and not be, we, no one can decipher our movements by the flesh. We are not trying to comprehend the spiritual life in the flesh because in the, the flesh is not the qualification. The spirit is the qualification. If you and I as a spirit being would just look to him, would just believe him, that this word that he's saying is absolute truth, then there's no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Amen. Next verse. Yes. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Amen. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So that, that is the irony of everything. If our deeds are evil, the light has come. If we have been in darkness and these deeds have been evil and we are tired of it, the light has come. Can we look onto the light? Remember, we had that whole study about being positioned upon the hill. So as we look upon the light, we become the light. As they, the Israelites looked upon the life, they looked at the snake that was structured as a symbol of Jesus Christ. Remember, all of this, all scripture is symbols. You know, it's, you know, just because many people have a problem with it being a snake, why did why was it a snake? Well, snakes were the ones biting them, you know, and, you know, Jesus Christ came in human flesh as well. We are all upon the earth and we are being, all humanity is facing the same attacks. All humanity is facing, we are all faced with the same issues, the same devil trying to take our crown, trying to take our place, telling us lies, making us choose darkness. But even in the midst of our darkness, once we see that light, what do we do? 
We draw to the light. We look to the light. We allow the light transform us. And the Israelites were supposed to look at that serpent on the, on, on, on the, on the cross. That meant they were choosing life. They had to see life on the cross and choose life, but they wouldn't. And so they condemned themselves. The, the, the thing that baffles me here is that Jesus did not come because we were perfect. You know, he did not come because we were so good, we're doing everything right. No, he came because we had sinned, because we failed, because we lost our position. So all of us are qualified for, for the new life, for, for this new existence in the spirit. So why aren't we taking it? All of it, you know, not just being saved and just settling, you know, for, for that. There's, there's so much, you know, we get beaten all the time by the serpent, but to continually look upon him, looking upon him, choosing that as our daily recourse. That he is our choice for life. He is our choice for all our days. And watching how we get transformed by this constant <clears throat> decision to set our sights upon him. Amen. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Mm -hmm. Very clear, you know, if this, this speaks to someone who is really enjoying darkness, you know, thing, dark things are done in secret, you know, the, 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 the people who enjoy darkness, they, they don't want you to know that they are engaged in dark things. And so no matter how you try to draw them to Christ, they, they don't want the light. They enjoy, you know, um, you know, for example, if they are involved in like sex trafficking and they are making money out of it. They enjoy it and they don't want people to know that they are in darkness. And so, you know, they, they, they will reject Christ Jesus. And the most interesting thing is that some people actually call themselves Christian, but are still involved in so much darkness, sexual misconduct, you know. Um, so people who enjoy darkness do it in the secret and they don't want to leave that darkness. They want to keep doing it. So you're not going to be like, hey, look at me, you know, I'm a this, I'm a that, you know. I mean, some people do, but people like to hide their darkness. Amen. The next verse, please. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through Amen. God. Amen. 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 This is why we need to be on the hill. This is why we need to be on the lampstand. We have to allow the spirit of God moving us to a place where we can shine God's light for others to see and walk in that light. It brings glory to God. It brings glory to God when we step up and we are like, I am a city set on the hill. I cannot be hidden. And it takes a, 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 it takes a process. It's a, it's a whole work that we have to do, a spiritual work that we have to keep doing on a continual basis. It doesn't end at salvation. It doesn't end at all. And we'll see this whole package of his salvation, his salvation promise to us being revealed in this scripture. At this point, he, you know, it hadn't been revealed. Well, 
what manner of death he was going to die, but he was invariably saying right here that I'm going to die on the cross. And this is what I'm going to do for you. Everyone is accepted. No one is left out. Everyone is called in. So a great scripture I wanted us to go into today after reading this is about uh, Cornelius in, uh, in the book of Acts chapter 10. I'm hoping that we're able to go through that scripture because there's so much insight in it. Um, if somebody can go to Acts chapter 10, I just want to see, I want us to see how, you know, the whole no condemnation comes to play. Because at the time, at the time, even in the Jewish circles, like in the case of Nicodemus, they, they believed that whoever wasn't a Jew was unclean. You know, and it's the same with us. Many of us Christians believe that whoever is not a Christian is unclean. And then we, we just condemn them. But Jesus does not condemn anyone. The more they seek the truth, the more they seek the light, he provides a way for them. So I'll just brush through um, Acts 10 and talk about how it happened for Cornelius, how he was drawn in by the purifying power of the, of the water and by the spirit of God into the beloved. And you're just going to love it. You're, you're, you're going to love it, I'm telling you. So whoever is in Acts 10, please just go there and just let's have an overview of Acts 10. Which read one to what? Yes, start, just start from one. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm reading the New International Version. Okay. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. Mm. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who mm. came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He mm. asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Wow. Send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon, the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier, who was one of his attendants. He told him everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. So this is... This is someone who did not even know Jesus, but Jesus Christ had already come at this point. And he was just a good person. I know many of you have known that good person that, you know, never had the opportunity to really hear about Jesus, the Jesus we know, because the Jesus that has been presented is very judgmental, is very, is not pleasing. So sometimes you, you don't really blame people when, you know, they are not attracted to, to that Jesus that is being presented. So this guy was just a good guy doing, he just would pray and he would give alms, but he, he needed that power of the spirit to come and overtake him. He needed the cleansing power of the 
spirit of God to come and take over him. Just like the water and the spirit takes over the flesh. And then we can move as a spirit being in the spirit realm. This was this is an example of someone whose experience is going to be so evident for us to see. So strangely, an angel appears to him and begins to give him instructions. He's, he's terrified. He's, he's never had basically this kind of encounter before, but the angel has provided a way, a way for this guy to be saved and to understand what it means to be a spirit being and begin to operate as a spirit being. And it took a process for the, uh, Cornelius. And we'll see, he sent forth his guys. I, I'm just, uh, June, we'll later, we'll, I'll, I'll make you read later verses so that we, we don't tarry too long. I just want to mm -hmm. summarize. So mm -hmm. while this scenario was going with um, Cornelius, the most amazing thing is Peter was having a totally different encounter. As Peter was praying, I love the fact that in all these instances, it is at the point of prayer, you know, and, and all that to grow your spirit man. It's an ongoing process. So you see a man who hadn't known about Jesus Christ, he's already praying and then he has an encounter. Because Jesus Christ is the only way to the Lord. There, there are no multiple ways. You know, somebody who is genuine and true, the, like in his case, he was a prayerful person. He was devout and he would give alms to people. The, the two commandments are love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And this guy was doing it, helping people. And the acts, the external acts on the earth that he was in, involved in acted as a memorial. So his light began to shine and he needed Jesus Christ and the activation by the Spirit of God in his life. So the, there's a lot of hope here for our loved ones who sometimes we feel like, did they accept Jesus? But we know they are devout in some way. We know that they are very given to helping people. They love to, to sacrifice and be generous with their lives and time and all of that. All of that is a memorial unto the Lord. And the Lord provides a way of escape for them. The Lord provides salvation for them. So when going back to the case with Peter, as Peter was praying, Peter had no clue that the angel had already appeared to Cornelius and given instructions for Peter to come to Cornelius' house. Peter was having his own time with the Lord. And this is how we connect with God in the spirit. Peter was connecting with God in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, something out of the spirit realm showed up in his face. It was all kinds of unclean animals. You know, the Jews eat certain animals. They don't eat certain animals. You know, the thing that, and these instructions about these animals were given to them by the Lord in the Old Testament. But when Jesus Christ came on the earth, it became a whole different ball game. He gave a scenario where Peter was presented with these animals and was asked to kill and eat. And Peter was like, no, I'm not eating anything common or unclean. And this is where the picture of condemnation comes to us. You know, 
Peter was known as a clean person. The Jews were all known as clean people. And everybody else was either common or clean. There's so much history concerning this and it had always been like that. But then after Jesus had come and now the spirit of God was on the earth, God is now telling to Pete, um, saying to Peter that do not call what I have made clean unclean. You know, that was totally new. Like, we don't eat this stuff. You see, this is what revelation does. This is what the spirit of the Lord does. The Lord brings in something out of the spirit realm that has no correlation to the things of the earth, to flesh. In the natural sense, they wouldn't eat stuff like that. But because God was revealing to him that no one is condemned in my kingdom, everyone is called into the beloved. Everyone is drawn in. Therefore, even the animals they ate, now God was showing him that, hey, this is not unclean. All of that were symbols. And at the time, Peter didn't understand what that meant. He just was pondering. It was a strange vision. How can I, a clean person, be asked to eat something unclean? And then three people come knocking on his door. The people that Cornelius had sent to get Peter. They came knocking on the door and Peter was, you know, told by the spirit that go. There's people knocking on your door. Get them in like with, with very little instructions on, on what all of this meant. Peter was just moving by the spirit. You know, there was no plan. There was no understanding. He was just led by the spirit and was just going with what the spirit of God was instructing him. And then he led the people in and finally he got to Cornelius' house. And we'll see, can you read verse 28? We'll see when revelation came to him. 28, uh, 10, 28? Yes, please. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you can see that it was at that point that Peter fully got the revelation of what God had shown him. No matter who you are, there is the spirit of God is available to be received of him because of what Jesus Christ did. And we'll see that because Cornelius was willing, Peter preached the gospel to them and these people started speaking in tongues. The spirit of God came upon them. The people who were supposedly called unclean suddenly received the spirit of God. 